I'm old enough to remember when having the highest payroll in baseball meant you were a contender, not selling off at the trade deadline. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to a Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. Every week, we get together to talk about all of Major League Baseball and a little bit of what's going on in the desert. I am your host for Locked On MLB. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. This guy calls me Sully Baseball. Not to be confused with Sully Football or Sully Lacrosse. They're out there. We have an army of Sullys, nope. and, we, and we will win. I'm sorry, I'm finding my inner Oppenheimer right now. Uh, Going to see Oppenheimer later today, and he's the host of Locked on Diamondbacks. Guess who's here? That's right. By the time you guys are listening to this pod, I've probably already seen the movie. So if you want to, you know, come talk to me on Twitter at CareerThomas24 for my personal account. If you want to slide in the DMs and discuss Barbie or Oppenheimer, also the host of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Let me not forget that as well. Streaming on all platforms. And don't forget to catch us on YouTube, Locked on Diamondbacks on there as well. And check out the Twitter and Instagram. Just look up Locked on Diamondbacks in that little search bar. I'm sure you can find the show handle. And uh, you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I am your pal Sully, but Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, the no one's answered the trivia question. I'm on the verge of just saying the answer, but I'm not going to. I'm going to throw it out one last time. Uh, and the the question was, what was the only time a postseason series ended with an RBI single? by the visiting team. The last play of the series was an RBI single from the visiting team. So you got to think, how is that possible? On the road, they get an RBI single and the series is over. How did that happen? I gave you a big hint last night. It involved the San Francisco Giants. Come on, folks. You got some of you out there. Answer this question. Um, uh, I did a bonus episode that posted on Sunday. I went to two games between the Red Sox and the Giants Ooh. at Oracle Park. Both of them were really good games. They're both one-run games. Boston won the first game. San Francisco. Uh, Boston had a great rally in the ninth inning on a two-run single by Justin Turner, who, by the way, is vilified at Oracle Park. He went up there. Every time he came up to bat, just cascades of boos on Justin Turner. Why? Because he's a former Dodger doesn't matter if he's wearing a Red Sox uniform. He's a Dodger. In fact, three-quarters of the Red Sox are former Dodgers, it seems like. You know, they, they took yeah. great pleasure out of Kenley Jansen being the one who served up the walk-off home run to J.D. Davis, which was appropriately a Carlton Fisk-type home run right off the foul pole. And by the way, when the, the Dodgers come to town, well, there are plenty of Red Sox to see on that squad, including J.D. Martinez, including Mookie Betts, and hey, Joe Kelly is back. He went he, right. in in the uh, in the Chicago White Sox fire sale, um, and that was a that was a lot of fun. Um, I gotta say, there the the interesting thing about the um, uh, about the, the the game is at one point there was a little buzz going around, which was Max Scherzer got traded. Mm. And there, that was a, you know, that was people, Scherzer got traded, Scherzer got traded, and he got traded. But then, then the relief was 
not to the Dodgers. <laughs> not back to the Dodgers. Not to not the back Dodgers, pick. but he went yeah. to uh, he went to um, the Texas Rangers, where he will be his manager will be uh, Bruce Bochy. And so, in a way, the Rangers were saying we got one ace from the 2022 Mets and Degrom. That didn't work out. Give us the other one in Max Scherzer. Give us your aces. So, um, I have a, I I said some of my thoughts in yesterday's podcast in the, in the bonus podcast. Miller, what did you think about this move? The Mets, uh, you know, waving the white flag and making a big deal and paying a big chunk of Scherzer's contract as well. Yeah, I don't mind the little Mets fire sale and just kind of unloading some of these contracts that haven't worked out because they are paying Max Scherz a lot of money and they're still going to pay him a lot of money even though they traded him away. But this is a Mets team that we've seen with their ownership in front office. Like, they're not afraid to go out there and spend money in the offseason. So this feels like kind of reminiscent of like the 2012 Boston Red Sox when they unloaded all those fat contracts at the deadline, then made some moves in the offseason, then they were right back in it and actually went from last place to World Series champion in just one season. So I feel like the Mets could just go back in there this free agency. We know a guy like Otani is going to hit the market. Like, it would not surprise us at all if the Mets unload all these contracts just to clear the cap space and clear the books to go land a big fish like Otani so I'm not mad at them at all and they did get back some interesting pieces like they got yeah. back Ronald Acuna's younger brother like that's just fun on the surface level am I right oh I, I talked about it yesterday there's a possibility that if Acuna has even half the talent of his brother his name is Luis Angel Acuna if if he is even remotely as talented as his brother, you could have an Acuna with the Braves and an Acuna with the Mets right then and there. That is a, a smart move for the for the Mets. And he is apparently a very highly rated prospect and should fit right in. I thought and I mentioned this in yesterday's show. So if you heard the show that I recorded while walking around Oracle Park uh, amongst the seagulls, you know, forgive me if I'm repeating myself. I think this is smart. You don't, you know, the, the sunk cost fallacy. Well, we spend so much money on this team, we have to contend. You're not contending. So live yeah. in reality. And if jettisoning Scherzer to help the Rangers now gives you, uh, gives you a player like Acuna for the future, I mean, I, it's probably, I, I talked to a, uh, a person who I talk to frequently about the Mets, and it's actually his birthday today, my cousin Dave. My cousin Dave Sullivan, who I lived with for a period of time after I graduated from college, and is one I he's basically a sibling. He is a, a rabid Mets fan. We text Mets all the time. And he says he has no problem with what this management is doing. Saying, look at okay, it didn't work. Okay, fine. He said, at least it's a management that tried and is smart enough to say okay it didn't work and so the problem is instead of saying we have to contend the problem isn't solved by throwing more money at it or trading away more youth but say okay well then let's get some younger players and we'll be ready and we'll go get them next year and i think met fans as a whole are easier to deal with the this ownership than the previous one remember i said that uh, the, the main thing that of a team owes its fan base is a pennant contender. If they don't give them a pennant contender, they have to at least assure the fans, we've got a plan. We've got a plan. Yeah. And if this plan includes bringing in an Acuna to the mix, um, then I think this is a smart move. 
And it's not like they're trading off their core pieces of the Pete Alonzo's and Francisco Lindor's. These are going to be their rental options. They're pending free agents. So it's like you could trade these guys off like a David Robertson, get back a couple of prospects. And guess what? If you want to get really crazy and you're like, you know what? David Robertson was one of the only good pieces from this season. You could go re-sign him in the offseason right. and then bring him back and do what the Yankees did with a role of Chapman a few years ago. So it's not like you can't even bring these guys back. And it's like, yeah, some of these players are good, but you have seen a whole season where even with these quality players, you did not produce the results you wanted to. So it's like might as well recruit some assets, keep the Pete Alonzo's, the Francisco Lindor's, and just retool and rebuild around those guys once you hit the free agency market uh, this offseason. And then you could do a whole bunch of trades or whatever you want. By the way, Miller, good – I mean – I, I had not made the connection with the Red Sox trade from 2012, but you're 100% right. I remember when that trade happened, some people were giving me guff, saying, oh, man, the Dodgers just fleeced the Red Sox. And I said, what are you talking about? The Red Sox traded, basically traded Adrian Gonzalez for financial flexibility. Yeah. They traded away Gonzalez, uh, Josh Beckett, Carl Crawford. Now Beckett, of course, led the Red Sox to a World Series title, but at that point he was really he was cooked, he yeah. was cooked and he was part of the whole uh, you chicken know, fiasco. Chicken fiasco. <laughs> Carl Crawford was a was an absolute bust, and the stink that was hanging over the Red Sox from the finale of the 2011 season and the absolute train wreck. The, like It was like the opening of The Fugitive, the train wreck that was the 2012 Red Sox. That's a, that's a movie reference from 1993. And um, it's a good movie. Um, the Bobby Valentine year was such a disaster mm-hmm. that that basically said, all right, we're just going to wipe the slate clean. And the funny thing is they got a bunch of players back from Los Angeles. And from memory, I don't think any of the players no. they got from Los Angeles were on the team that won the World Series the very next year. But what they did was it allowed it gave them a bit of flexibility to bring in smarter free agents like, you know, Johnny Gomes, Mike Napoli, Koji Uehara, Shane Victorino, Stephen Drew, all uh, uh, David. uh, No, David Ross was still. But but they they brought in a whole bunch of players who helped them win that year. And maybe that's what the Mets are doing. And sometimes making a move like that is the smart thing to do. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with accepting your losses and just moving forward with knowing, you know what? It didn't work out this time. And maybe next time we could do better. And now you can learn from your mistakes if you're the Nets, uh, if you're the New York Mets front office and you could go out and build a better product for next season. Well, the Mets were a team that had big, big, big ambitions for this year. And it didn't work out. And they're smart enough to cut bait. But what about the teams that are on the fringe? What about the teams that might be a contender, might not be? Should they make a big move? Should they hold Pat? When we come back, we're going to talk about some of them, including one. I'm not going to mention which one, but they play in Arizona. Ooh, but first, I need to tell our listeners about this little site called FanDuel because if you want to maybe make a prediction about where you think a player should be going and if you want to find odds on specific trades, the best place to do that is FanDuel Sportsbook because take your first swing. Hold on, let me bring up the little FanDuel overlay real quick for our YouTube audience because take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 2 hundred dollars that's right just bet 20 bucks and you'll land 200 dollars in bonus bets 
back win or lose that's 200 you can spend betting everything from money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use plus when you win you can get paid instantly i love going on FanDuel. i love doing a little same game parlay for my d-backs especially when they're rolling take d-backs money line take a little corbin carroll extra base hit you take a little lord's guriel rbi and all of a sudden you got some money in your wallet and you feel good and there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The National League playoff picture changes every hour on the hour. And one of the really intriguing things about it is the fact that your beloved Diamondbacks have been either in first place or a wildcard team for almost the whole darn year. And as we're recording this, uh, we're recording this in the afternoon of Sunday the 30th, uh, the Diamondbacks are on the outside looking in. Yeah. But one game in the loss column separates the Giants so one game in the loss column separates the Brewers, the Giants, the Phillies, the Reds, the Diamondbacks, and the Marlins. Okay? So you're uh, just the tiniest of wiggle room. Right now in the standings, Arizona is one game back of the Giants for the top wildcard spot. And yep. yet they're on the outside looking in. Miami also is only half a game out of a playoff spot. And you're taking you, you take a look at some of these teams now as we're recording this um the marlins are struggling against the tigers but it's only one run game and also there's a little bit of news here the the blue jays we'll get to the blue yeah. jays in a second but the blue jays just made an acquisition where they traded uh with um for jordan hicks of the st louis cardinals so the cardinals are in full sell-off mode but they're not going to trade Nolan Arenado, which I think is insane. If you're going to sell, let's start selling. But let's get back to the National League for a second. You have a bunch of teams there that a little nudge here and a little nudge there between all those clubs. It could be the difference between being in the position where the Phillies were in last year, getting into the playoffs with the last spot, or playing golf. And it's made the appeal of getting that final wildcard spot greater than ever. How much of the future is worth sacrificing to get that one spot, especially if you look at the fact that a team like the Dodgers are kind of vulnerable? You know, the Braves aren't, and the Braves will probably win the pennant, but we said the same thing last year with the Braves and the Dodgers, and neither one of them made it to the NLCS. So what do you, let's just start with the Diamondbacks, who are your team, and then we can take a look at some of the other teams as well. How much should they be risking to try to get into the dance? Yeah, well, my message for the D-backs and kind of all these front offices fighting for that wild card spot is you should get super aggressive because I think we've already seen with some of the trades made, like all you have to do is give up like a fringe top 30 prospect, maybe two fringe top 30 prospects. And you could go out and get any one of these rentals from the David Robertsons that went to the Miami Marlins. Or we've seen what the Dodgers moves have been doing or the Rangers with Max Scherzer. Like it's not taking a, a King's ransom to go out and get these 
high quality uh, starters and relievers for a team, you know, position players for a team. So if I'm a team like the D backs and I see what the Marlins just gave up for David Robinson, I'm, a, right. I'm assuming the Blue Jays aren't giving up a lot for Jordan Hicks. Like the D backs desperately need bullpen help we've seen them they've had one of the worst closing situations in baseball for like the last three years and they could just have a mediocre closing role like this team could be so much better so it's like when i see all these relievers go off the market for not that much it's like why are our teams like the d-backs just sitting on their hands i do think they need to be aggressive i don't think you have to go out there and give up the jordan lawlers the drew jones your blue chip prospects i don't think it takes that much to go out there and get these rentals because a guy like david robson late 30s gonna be a pending free agent it's not going to take a whole ton of capital to get players like that so a team like the d-backs team like the phillies reds even your chicago cubs only three games back like all these teams should honestly just get aggressive and try to improve their roster because why not? I don't think it's going to take a King's ransom to get any of these players off the market. You jumped ahead in my notes there because there is a rude interloper in this situation. And that is um, as of this recording, the Cubs are in the middle of an eight game winning streak. And even if they wind up not winning this afternoon, uh, I believe they're currently losing to St. Louis in the eighth inning, but the Cubs have had, these, what I thought was the single best trade ship, uh, I mean, outside of Otani. Okay, like, like, yeah. so, I mean, Otani, that's, you know, that's Oppenheimer's, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, Passing bomb, that's a pass. That, that, yeah, that, yeah that, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's the, right. but um, <laughs> got to tie it in. Um, hashtag Oppenheimer, hashtag Shohei Otani. We're trying to get some, we're trying to get some clicks on this. Passenheimer. Um, but I think that, um, I thought that Marcus Stroman was the single best, you know, because the Cubs were going nowhere. Stroman was pitching like a legit all-star. I said, my God, the Cubs could get like two blue chippers. Like, you know, and then all of a sudden I said, or they could start winning. Yeah. And they could climb right back into the race, which, mind you, must be so aggravating for the Padres and the Mets to see the Cubs of the team that dusted themselves off. And as we've seen, the Brewers, the Phillies, San Francisco, Cincinnati, Miami, Arizona, none of them are actually playing like the 1998 Yankees at this point. None of them are being world beaters. When you So when you see the Cubs are, they're only two games back in the loss column of all those teams. It will only take a decent August to introduce the Cubs right into the wildcard situation, which meant that the who they were going to get from Marcus Stroman, they could get a Kings ransom. They also had a couple of key teams in desperate need of a legitimate hitter, like the Yankees. And Yankee fans were talking about Jock Peterson as or not Jock Peterson, um, uh, Clay Bellinger. I, 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 for, I, I got I forgot which former All Star Dodger was in my head. Uh, I I just saw Jock Peterson play at San Francisco. No, Clay Bellinger, like they were printing out Bellinger jerseys, and I Ooh. think they were they were already ready to make the Yes Network Yankeeography on Clay Bellinger. Is Clay Bellinger the greatest Yankee since Yogi Berra? All the stuff that they were asking the questions about, and the Cubs are like, why are we going to trade these guys if we could actually make it into the postseason? And this run also may have saved David Ross's job as the manager of the Cubs. I say that knowing full well 
that the Cardinals went on a massive winning streak in September of 2021, made the wild card game over a bunch of people, and they promptly fired the manager right after the wild card game. I digress. But the Cubs are going to make this really interesting and force the Diamondbacks, the Giants, uh, uh, Miami, Philadelphia, all the Cincinnati, all the teams that are on the on the cusp to try to make a big deal. Yeah, because the Cubs had so many players that you want to pick off with the Cody's and the Strowmans of the world. And now it's like maybe the Cubs should just get in the dance and go out there and acquire some players and build up that roster a little bit. Because I still don't love that team on paper, but when they're out there winning eight straight games and, yeah, dusting themselves off compared to a team like the San Diego Padres, um, it's pretty crazy. But real quick, Sully Baseball, I got a little breaking news for you, a little passing bomb if you want to hear it. Texas yeah. Rangers acquiring Jordan Montgomery from the St. Louis Cardinals. So they continue wow, to, wow, to the Rangers up. are going all in. Yeah. They're going all in. Oh my God. They, well, hey, good for the Rangers. They, they've never won the World Series. They were one Nelson Cruz leap away from doing it uh, uh, 12 years ago. Um, they know that they, if they're making moves to win for right now. And uh, a lot of this started when they signed Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager a few years ago. And I remember scratching my head going, hmm, it's interesting. Why do they think they're contenders? And, hey, good for the Rangers. Good for the Rangers. That's what you want from your management, going all in. Uh, Corey Seager was put on this earth to be a star New York Yankee. He was a perfect New York product. He was everything the Yankees needed, a winner, a, a good shortstop, had a, a left-handed swing that would be perfect to the Bronx. The they Texas gobbled him up. They gobbled up Simeon, who is a beast. He's not only a beast. I'm going to make a I'm going to make a comp, which people in my generation will understand where I'm going with this. Terry Pendleton, okay, who was yeah. who was who won the know. who won the NL MVP in '91, was just a winner. Where he played in St. Louis or in Atlanta, you got the sense that not only was he a good player. You also got the sense that his baseball IQ was off the charts and he made the other people around him better. Like he raised, he was one of those tides that raised all the boats. You saw that when he went to Atlanta and I'm I saw that with, with Simeon when he was with Oakland and when he was with Toronto, he's doing the exact same thing in Texas. So it's not just that he's a good player, but he seems to be that type of player who I think he's going to make an amazing manager. I think he's going to make someday you Marcus Simeon will be a manager of a team. Um, but yeah, I think good for the Texas Rangers. Yeah. And also just another trade where you see a player going to the American League with the Rangers the last 24 hours with the Scherzer, and now we got the Jordan Montgomery, Kendall Graveman going to the Astros, Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays. We're talking about this NL wildcard race, but it's like outside the Marlins with David Robertson, the Dodgers, I mean, they're making moves, but they're acquiring really a bunch of players. That I don't know how coveted they are when you look at the Kikes and the Ahmed Rosarios and Lance Lynn's like, yeah, they were suitors, but those are guys that are struggling that, you know, Dodgers fans are just saying, Hey, once they don that Dodgers blue, all of a sudden they're going to be a whole different player. Maybe that's going to be true. But when I hear Dodgers fans tell me the best thing, the best asset that Lance Lynn has going for him is that he pitches more innings than Jacob deGrom. He's able to make it through five. How do I? I'm like, so oh, I'm like, okay, five innings, five earned runs. I guess that's a quality uh, starter for the Dodgers at this point in 2023. I don't mind the move of Kelly and Lynn to Los Angeles. I just, that's a complimentary move. Mm -hmm. I thought Montgomery was going to go to LA. Um, and if the White Sox are in full sell-off, Cease is probably still available. 
um I, la start calling them like crazy right now um i, I don't know I, it is interesting the dodgers have made some moves that are cosmetic, but it might be just pushing peas around a, a plate right now. By the way, I talked about the frustration some of those teams in the NL wild card must have with the Cubs moving up. Imagine what's me if you're a White Sox fan selling everything off and you're seeing the team at the top is just two games above 500. And you're like, really? With all these players that everyone want, we couldn't put a team that's three games above 500 on the field? But uh, alas. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Um, the biggest news, I guess, for the last segment here, the, we talked about this before. The more I mention Shohei Otani, the more clicks we get. Yeah. So Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani. Um, Otani resigned, or not didn't resign. <laughs> There's breaking news. He stayed, he's not going to be traded. Obviously, his first game, he had the through the one hitter and hit two home runs the next day. So everyone was, it was Mardi Gras in Anaheim. They wound up dropping the next two games, including a game where Otani provided all the offense. They won today. They they weren't swept in Toronto. They won in extra innings today. Renfro got a um, a go-ahead knock in the 10th inning. I think every Angel fan in the world thought that game, once the Blue Jays tied it, and it went, uh, you know, they had the, the winning runs at the plate in the ninth inning. Every Angel fan must be thinking, oh, God, it's happening again. I mean, today, Otani got on base three times. He yeah. scored a run. But, you know, for everybody else, uh, you know, not a lot of run production here. And, yeah, I know Trout is supposedly on his way back. But uh, what do you think? I mean, there's there's no way he's going to resign with his team. I don't know. I love this zag by the Los Angeles Angels to go out there and acquire Lucas Giolito because guess what? Everyone's saying, you know what? When Otani leaves in free agency, this is going to be an all-time disaster by the Angels to not yeah. recoup something by him at the deadline. And yeah, that I might said, be true. But you know how I you said, guarantee Osani, Otani not resigning? By trading him at the deadline. Why not go out there? Yeah, you're four games back of the wild card. But guess what? We just saw the Chicago Cubs pick themselves off, uh, you know, pick themselves up and dust themselves off, right? You got Mike Trout back on the way. Maybe the Angels could get a little hot here in the second half, you know, 50 games left maybe get hot, sneak into the wild card, and maybe don't make it to the World Series. But let's say you make it to the ALCS or something and you lose in six games. I'm not – Otani sounds like he might have interest in re-signing. I don't think it's out of the question because we do see another generational talent in Mike Trout. He knew the situation he was in with the Angels, and he decided to resign with the Angels because I think when it comes to baseball, I think we have this fallacy that all – Big-time star players want to go to these coastal, big-market teams. And I don't think that's true in Major League Baseball. NBA, I might agree, but I think in baseball, players prefer where they're drafted. They prefer staying with their team if they're provided requisite money. I think most baseball players will sign anywhere if they're given the bag. So if the Angels, at the end of the season, pony up the 10 years, 500, 600 million for Otani, back up the Brink trucks, and they're showing this full commitment to trying to build a contender around him, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And then you go into the offseason, and you're like, you know what, Otani? We'll even let you pick your manager for next season. I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Otani re-signs with the Angels at the end of the season. I think that's a dark horse contender that people are really sleeping on right now. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily think he's going to go to New York. He had a chance to go to New York before when he was a free agent and signed with the Angels. Um, I've been saying for weeks, Angels, ask him what the number is and just give it to him. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just money at this point. By the way, I want to just say one last thing here. Uh, there was a tweet from MLB Communications, MLB underscore PR. Um, we sometimes get on the the front offices and the commissioner's offices and everything like that. But let's just let's say something positive here. I'm just going to read you what it says here. Um, Saturdays, the game where I the day that I was at Oracle Park, 15 games drew 582,872 fans. An average crowd yesterday was nearly 39,000, and that is the highest for a Saturday for a Saturday regular season Saturday since August of 2013. So this was the best Saturday we've had in just about a decade and um, 11 games were 35,000 or more. And keep in mind, the A's played the Rockies uh, and um, the Marlins had their best home crowd since 2017 opening day. The Orioles had their second complete sellout of the season. The d best home crowd since opening day. And I mentioned the uh, A's and the Rockies, which what do you think they drew? <laughs> a lot. I don't know. I know Rockies games go hard. Uh, 45,000 went to see the two worst teams in baseball. <laughs> Folks, baseball's alive. We love it. We love it. And guess what? I went to the game yesterday and had a lot of fun. I did not have the garlic fries. Do you know why? Why? I'm 51. Garlic fries fight back. Hey, <laughs> okay. um, well, we're going to have a great week. The, the trade deadline is coming up. And so we're going to see a whole bunch of a whole bunch of deals coming up. I predict Verlander is going to be dealt. Oh, I you know you never know. And real quick, do you think it's the new rules? That's why attendance is up. Quicker baseball games. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Like uh, the games I went to were fast. Yeah, they were they were exciting. And there was a lot of there was a lot of speed on the base pass. I think it's 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 a more fun game. There were a lot of kids in San Francisco. Lots of young kids there wearing Giants and wearing Red Sox unis. So uh, it was it was a lot of fun. But hey, we're gonna have fun this week. Miller Thomas, where can they listen yeah. to your show? Follow me, you know, wherever you stream podcasting on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, look up locked on dimebacks on all of them at creator Thomas24 for the personal account, or look up locked on dimebacks on Twitter or X, whatever it's called, and also on Instagram. On X. Yeah. Uh, they updated so- my app today, Sully. I have X everywhere now. I'm very oh, yeah. yeah, God forbid. But um and you can follow us on X at X. Sully Baseball, Locked On MLB Pods. Or if you want to go to Instagram, which is a little more cute and cuddly these days, you can follow us at Sully Baseball Podcast and right. Locked On MLB. Getting ready for my cousin's birthday. Hey, Dave. And, and getting ready to watch Oppenheimer. And the trade deadline coming up. This has been Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover for the 30th day, or 31st, the last day of July. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, and that's Miller Thomas. Let's fist bump.